everybody, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. And this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 140. Today we're going to be going over another Francis Ford Coppola film in our Francis Ford Coppola corner. Uh, this time the 1988 film Tucker, The Man in His Dream, followed by a review of the new Avatar film, Avatar The Way of Water. Without further ado, let's get into our Francis Ford Coppola corner. Preston Tucker was a man who lived... Uh, really in the time straddled by World War II. He was an American, uh, simple guy, didn't go to college, but had at a very early age the love of the American automobile and the tradition of the American Yankee ingenuity exemplified by Henry Ford and Thomas Alva Edison. And uh, he was a patriot, he was a father, he had a big family, uh, and he had a dream to, to build a, a car of the future. Well, it's a film about uh, the problems of creating new ideas and having them uh, be accepted. It's a conflict between a sort of bureaucratic status quo mentality and a creative, innovative, let's do it different mentality. So if this is your first time joining us for the France Ford Coppola Corner. I want to say this is our 12th or 13th movie now. We're Like we're over halfway done going, right? About that. Yeah. Going from uh, it's been a Francis Ford, yeah, we're going from starting from his very first film all the way to the end. We are journeying through his um his life of filmmaking and seeing what he's done. So, our last film that we did was a 1987 film, Hearts of uh no, it's not Hearts of Stone, sorry, Gardens of Stone. So mm-hmm. that was in 1987, and from that point on, going into Tucker, now we're going to just give you guys a little bit of trivia facts or. A breakdown. What's you know what was Coppola up to? So Coppola directed because once Tuck- again, oh sorry, we ahead. are the Francis Ford Coppola podcast. Yeah, sorry, there uh, Marcos keep me uh, honest. There, I forgot we have to say this every single time, just in case there is an off chance that a um another podcast in Napa fingers. somewhere is down there fucking around with us. There's like a Coppola podcast. They're just pissed every time they see your stuff. They're like, can you guys shut up already? We did this four years ago. <laughs> All right, so Coppola directed Tucker, The Man in His Dream, the year after directing Gardens of Stone. Being a biopic based on the life of Preston Tucker and his attempt to produce and market the Tucker 48, Coppola had originally conceived the project as a musical with Marlon Brando leading after the release of The Godfather Part Two. Ultimately, it was Jeff Bridges who played the role of Preston Tucker. Budgeted at $24 million, the film received positive reviews and earned three nominations at the 62nd Academy Awards, but grossed a disappointing $19.65 million at the box office. It's uh, kind of his uh, MO at this point. Yeah, well, <laughs> at least this time around it was a good movie, according to critics and such. So. Yeah, so, yeah, somebody liked it at least. It garnered two awards. Martin Lando won the Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor, and Dean Tavolaris took the BAFTA's honors for best production design. Development and production for Tucker, the man in his dream, included the involvement of Tucker's children and grandchildren. Jeff Bridges was cast in the title role and, for research, studied Preston Tucker's mannerisms and movements through home movies. Tucker's descendants also granted Bridges the opportunity to sport the man's black pearl ring and cufflinks for his wardrobe. Preston's son, John Tucker, said that Bridges has got got all got it all in the mannerisms and the look. My father was very positive, always thinking of what came next. Jeff captures that, which I thought so myself. Principal photography started with the first unit shooting on April 13, 1987, in the Ford Motor Company assembly plant in Richmond, California, doubling for the Dodge Chicago plant. The majority of outdoor filming took place in Marin County, California, 
as well as various locations including Oakland, Nevada, and San Francisco. The production is notable as the first film to have audio mixing work done at Lucas's Skywalker Ranch. Production wrapped on July 17th in 1987, and in the following month, Lucas convinced Paramount Pictures to distribute the film and cover the majority of the budget. He was helped by the fact that the studio was courting Coppola to direct The Godfather Part 3. Prior to final editing, the studio insisted on amplifying the title to Tucker, The Man and His Dream. Alright, without further ado, let's get into our review of Tucker, The Man and His Dream. Oh my god. This is history in the making. The car of tomorrow. Today. Whoa! And you know who's gonna build these cars? We are. It's so revolutionary. This is the way cars are gonna be made from now on. One thing we needed in 60 days. Or never. It's impossible. Detroit. They're putting the squeeze on. We can't buy steel, we can't buy anything. So, I made an appointment with Senator Ferguson. Oh, what do you think? A big smile and a pat on the back is gonna make him forget he's a senator from Detroit? It's quite an idea of yours, selling dealerships for cars that don't exist. What'd he say? He said stay out of the car business. So, Tucker, the man in his dream, debuted in 1988, as we mentioned before, sits at an 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. And the story for this one goes... The story of Preston Tucker, the maverick car designer, and his ill-fated challenge to the auto industry with his revolutionary car concept. Once again, this is directed by the great Francis Ford Coppola. We keep saying it. We're going to continue to say it while we do this. We are the Francis Ford Coppola podcast. Take that film, friends. We know you're out there. Don't fucking lie. We're watching you. Every move you make, swear on God. This is pure hate. (laughs) <laughs> this one was written by Arnold Schulman and David Seidler, who did The King's Speech in 2010 and Quest for Camelot in 1998. Um, released, of course, in 1988, August 12th, to be exact. Uh, previously mentioned also, it had a b- budget of about 22 to $24 million and... As we said, only grossed about $19.7 million, making it a box office flop, which is V-sad to hear. V-sad. So this stars the great Jeff Bridges as Preston Tucker, Joan Allen as Vera Tucker, Martin Lando, the great Martin Lando as Abe uh, Carrots, Elias Coteas as Alex Tremulous, Frederick Forrest as Eddie Dean, Christian Slater, that handsome man as Preston Tucker Jr. Don Novello as Stan. Nina Simasco as Marilyn Lee Tucker, who happens to also have her brother, who also is Simasco and starred in Back to the Future and Three O'Clock High. Never knew he had a sister. Interesting. Mako as Jimmy Sakumaya, Sakuyama, excuse me. Dean Stockwell as Howard Hughes and Lloyd Bridges as Senator Homan Ferguson. So we always start with these to see what our history is with the movie, if you've been following along. Uh, I'll start with uh, Nabil. Have you seen this one before? And have you heard of a Tucker car before? I have never seen the film in full. I've only seen bits and pieces when it showed on TV. Like just bits here and there. I never really put, put together put what the film back was on, about. Dude. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So not cool. Never seen the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Have I heard of the Tucker car? Yes, I have. Um, but, you know, I, I had forgotten about it <laughs> until the film. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that he made a car. <laughs> who this guy was. So, yeah, it's been a, a lodge in the back of my mind. Not, not ever thought about it again until the rewatching this film. All right. Sounds good. Uh, what about you, James? Uh, have you seen this one before, and have you heard of a Tucker Car? Yes. Here we go, guys. Yeah, I think almost all the films coming up now, oh, I've no. seen them. So he's yes. back, guys. I'm BBJ's back, yeah. back. We're out of the unknown era. We're back in. We're almost going to hit our uh, Renaissance area, Renaissance of uh, Coppola yeah. stuff. He wore up, a so. sleeveless shirt for this specifically. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I've seen it before. My dad is um, a big car guy, so this is a movie that um, I want to say we saw it as a kid, and then I saw it again probably high school, college times, because mm-hmm. um, just more context. And um, therefore, I have heard of a cut Tucker car, and I've actually seen um, Coppola's Tucker car. It is at the uh, it's sitting in the winery over here in Napa. So he nice. and George Lucas, well, I believe, cool. own two Tucker cars each. And or, or unless they've sold some of them at this point, because I mean they're worth. Coppola actually sold one of his cars. Okay, so he sold yeah. one of them. Hopefully not the one that I saw, but the one I saw was awesome. So <laughs> they're worth about two million dollars each now. So it's like yeah, they were. I get uh, it. You know, he needed to recoup as much money as he can. He probably, probably. Sell one but of them I all. have seen um, and I've touched Coppola's personal Tucker car. I guess if you want to say that much. Whoa. Okay. And it, it truthfully but, it, but it is a too sight to, It is a sight to see if you've seen, ever seen one. It's very unique. So nice. I myself have never seen this movie before. I don't think I've even heard of it. Though well, that's because uh, you I did watch it, right? Like you you were around when when this whole thing was happening. Uh, all right, so you didn't that, really see, need to see this. Marco that, was that's at the where it gets confusing. Like, we got to get that goddamn car done in 3 weeks. <laughs> I had a cigarette in my mouth. I remember that and I was like, they made a movie about this. Son of a bitch. I just and, took my uh, you know out last night, goddamn it. I too have seen a real one right uh, right from the factory. I was actually outside the courtroom. I got to drive one of them. I was one of the people in there. <laughs> Just chauffeuring. Sad they didn't the, call me for the movie. The jurors. The jurors. <laughs> he was like, I, I was the guy it. that spoke up. I lived it. <laughs> no, but uh, I, I I watched this with my brother, and uh, I I think he had mentioned this movie to me, and then I have heard of a Tucker Car before. I saw a video on YouTube a while ago because the Simpsons actually parodied this movie with Homer Simpson, and uh, they showed excerpts from oh, that the one episode. Where he creates and, his uh, his green yeah. car, <laughs> yeah, with does a little cucaracha <laughs> when he honks. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow, his I car. Is, I remember that? Yeah. So they showed scenes from that and talked about the innovations of the Tucker car and uh, all the. Th- the features that it had that modern cars use to, to this day. So uh, it's cool to see that they actually made a movie about it. So that's uh, that's my experience with it. I, I want to so, say this is one of the more getting closer to like more well-known Coppola films, like on the B grade, yeah. I guess, if you might say. Like I, I, I've met a few people that have seen this one compared to a lot of like, because nice. we just went through a bunch of unlike unknown ones. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Late eighties so, when he starts, it sounds like it's like, <laughs> more, uh, more common about to get his popular comeback, films. Man. About to have a comeback. Yeah. yeah. So on that, Bill, uh, what did you think about this movie? 
it was good. I I thought it was a fun film. Um, very uplifting for under the situation, you know, the circumstances of what uh, President Tucker went through. Like it was, it was actually very optimistic. I think that a lot of that has to do with Jeff Bridges. Um, but you know, I I thought it was uh, well shot. It was very. Uh, I don't. I want to put this in the right way. It's it's just very. Uh, I guess just again optimistic. Like the whole thing was just, you know. We're going to do, there's no wrong. I'm always going to find the next thing. Very charismatic. It's very, he's got a good vibe in the whole film. And I really like that. And it's very, very easily lost into the character of Preston Tucker. Even like having the the battle with the senator or with the CEO, like all that. You, you're rooting for him the whole time. You just want him yeah. to succeed. You go into court, you're rooting yeah. for him. So, I mean, like, I... I really enjoyed just what he did with this film. It, it just felt different compared to what we've been seeing in some of Coppola's films, especially um, in the last few movies. Like, it just is a much more upbeat film. Right on. All right. Uh, well, what about you, James? Um, what did you think about Tucker? I hand I yeah I li- I like this movie quite a lot. So this movie was really fun. I I like that it gives you a little insight in something that these big car companies have tried to kind of bury too, you know, like the Tucker brand mm-hmm. is not very well known. And you, you do see it. It's like Jeff Bridges is the star of this one. He's perfectly cast, man. So I think Jeff Bridges is a standout here. And it's one of those things that I think someone else could have done this, but it wouldn't have been as powerful as a performance. Like it's funny though. Isn't it, isn't it kind of crazy? Like he's practically like Iron Man in this movie. Like his, kind of is, his right? I mean, that's who he bit. is. And then, like, yeah. uh, in a way, like, when he became uh, the bad guy in Iron Man, they were like, you want to be the opposite guy of what you were doing in Tucker? You know? <laughs> kind of. That's true. Oh, yeah. When he started building yeah, this in the cave. Pretty good take. So, uh, I like the cars. <laughs> uh, I liked how they shot this, too. I, I saw a lot of Coppola-esque shots. There's a lot of cross shots where it's, like, one shot, mm-hmm. two scenes in one scene. I was like, the Bill will get a kick out of this shit. Finally, because, you know, there wasn't a lot of Coppola-esque shots in the last couple of movies, you know? So. No, not really. Yeah. Yeah. This, this one really kind of true to form again. For, I like the soundtrack. It hits, yeah. it hits all the right fills. and The music was fun. It's a fun, it's it was, a fun, it it's a fun film. And it, it's kind of sad, though, truthfully. Like, James texted me. He said he was dancing for no reason at all. <laughs> He's like, I brought the Got swing music back on. today. It's, it's, it's weird because, like, he gets so royally screwed over by these people, and mm-hmm. he's... You know, he's a scapegoat, and it just shows you that the big three back in the day had a lot of fucking power. It's just uh, unfortunate what happened, and it, he didn't really get to see his dreams come out. Cause, I mean, what, he dies six years after or something like that, too, right? Yeah, he died a few years later from yeah. uh, lung cancer. Lung cancer, cancer right? Yeah, so dude was smoking like a chimney, too, if you can tell. <laughs> he did smoke a lot. They showed it him. All right, guys, him. maybe less cigarettes today. Oh, never mind. But yeah, I really enjoyed just rewatching eating, this meat one. and smoking cigarettes. Yeah, drinking whiskey. Drinking, you just the cops can chase me all they want, them bastards. So you know, I had a lot of fun. This was fun. This was not like a oh fuck, you know, like a lot of the last couple ones. Like halfway through, I was like, when the fuck is this gonna end? This one, I was like, I'd like to see how yeah. this one plays out again because it's been so long. It's probably like 10, 15 years since I saw it. So, hmm. what about you, Marco? I my I myself, I I really liked it too. I'm not gonna lie. I had a lot of fun watching this movie too. Uh, I I don't think it had to do a lot with uh, like how uplifting it was, but just like how like it was shot, how the performances were. Jeff Bridges really immersed himself in the role. You can tell he was really into it and put the work. I th- I think everybody, even the supporting characters, were all good. They 
even if they had like very little lines, like you, you don't see much of his family, but the, the little bit that you do see, like everyone gives a great performance, Jonah Allen, uh, Christian Slater, Nina Simasco, like you believe that they're a family. I, I was watching this and, and like paying attention to the dialogue and, Coppola's just really good at uh, at dialogue as well too. Everyone gives Quentin Tarantino props for for dialogue, but I think Francis does it well too. Like sp- especially around the table, James mentioned it on the last pod that you know you, you put he's a group setting and he's yeah, he's good. With he's family. really good with that. Even with uh, his his workers, uh, the the rapport, the the like conversations, like you feel the camaraderie. So he does. He does good. There's a lot of big crowd scenes in this, and I think that's why he shines because that's kind of his forte. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola's. He's just good with like big groups and stuff and, and ensemble cast. I I feel his movies feel feel more lively like that. I mean, he's he's good at the personal stuff too. Um, you feel the personal struggle of Jeff Bridges as Preston Tucker that the movie. The, the commentary he puts in there, even not just about these three corporations, but about corporations in general and how. They really only care about profit. They don't really give a shit about your safety or anything like that. There are a few innovators out there that do, and, and Preston Tucker was one of them. And I like how he shows in the background like posters of other inventors like Tesla that got, you know, also, you know, stomped on by, you know, other corporations by Edison and um, even the cameo from uh, Howard Hughes, who also like so was uh, pretty much <laughs> scrutinized for his big vision and it ironically enough all our planes are the size of a spruce goose now and it worked you know it just needed a little bit more time but uh yeah i i enjoyed the movie i think uh you know it, it was very well made it's sad that it it didn't you know bring any profit which i don't see why like everything was really good it wasn't that long of a movie it was like an hour and 50 minutes long like it think, just had all the right beats. Maybe it was you know? like because his last few bombed so bad. People at this point maybe in the yeah. were like uh, a couple is kind of a has been. Yeah, they may not have put too much money in the marketing either because of that because they didn't want to spend more I mean, money it's because Paramount, this film's you underperforming, would think, right? I'm just but saying. if he's got a history of underperforming, putting in more money in right. the marketing, <laughs> you know, just blows up the budget a bit. So they might have right. Been and it less, sounds like uh, George Lucas that. was the reason why he even got Paramount. Like this might have been they might have been yeah. shopping this around a bit maybe. Well, and from yeah. you know what we see here, like he's looking at, they're looking at doing the Godfather Part Three too. So it's also like, hey, you can make this film well, if you make this other film. Yeah, I, I know we talked a, lo- a little bit about what what worked here and and, and how it was filmed and everything. But uh, Nabil, any any thoughts on the plot or any scenes that kind of stuck out for you in the movie? Well, the plot was fine. It was, to be honest, it was kind of straightforward to me. You know, like, as far as the story of Tucker, it's a very interesting story. I'm not discounting that. And he puts in a lot in this film, but he doesn't make it look like it all happened in, like, a year's time, which this happened over, like, five, six years. It wasn't, like, <laughs> as quick. But I'm sure that's all pacing, and there's this whole thing that he probably had about it. But, um, you know, I love the scenes of just him coming up with the car, you know, of... Yeah. Uh, they didn't spend a lot of time with it, but of him trying to do the kind of backhanded battling with the with the big three, like trying to source a steel mill, 
or trying to um, get parts. You know, they're doing recycled junk parts and they're trying to figure out just because just they're trying to find a way to build this car or the how... innovations uh, they used, yeah. Yeah, or how uh, Martin Landau's character Ape was greasing up, you know, dealers and stuff to try to buy into this was, thing. Yeah. You know, like I would, yeah, I would, Abe I would like a, to see Abe more had a time. shadowy past too, right? Like old. Oh, <laughs> he did, yeah. <laughs> he's he's a fraudster. <laughs> you know, it's like I, those. It's all really good, very interesting, and I think that's like my thing about the film that is the one thing I didn't like too much was that they didn't go into a lot of depth with a lot of things that were happening around mm-hmm. it. Like surface level was great. You got you got teased into some things. You got an gist of it to help move on to the next thing, but there wasn't a lot of depth into it, especially like with his family and how much they mean to him, his wife. You know, you don't get a lot of time with really how she's just letting things happen, knowing that he's not a, he's he's a bit of a grifter himself, Mr. Right. You know, Tucker. Um, yeah, it really just mainly focused on the on the car and and them trying yeah. to beat the timeline. Right. Yeah, but I mean, it is the whole thing is interesting. I I do love. Um, my favorite scene in the film, honestly, is just that little montage they do at the end, trying to build the last three cars to get off the factory line, and you can kind of see the work that they're going into to try to make that happen. I really like that because as he's kind of, you know, they're making it sound like it's all concurrent, which it isn't, but, right. um, you know, as he's battling it out in court, they're also really working hard to make these cars come to fruition, and it's it's you really kind of feel that part, especially kind of makes you feel like, oh, they're they're really wanting to make something here and have a big you know showing at the end of it so i I enjoyed that part nice uh what about you james any scenes that that stuck out in in your mind and did you like how it ended yeah i mean like i said it ends really sad but it is it does prove to you that like hey all these innovations and such that people thought were a waste of money were became common day things that Mm -hmm. you know all the other companies eventually like um like (laughs) seatbelts Yeah, I forgot. I was like, shit, I guess you didn't have to have seatbelts back then. I was like, fuck it. Why yeah, they kind of that? viewed it as if the car had seatbelts, they deemed it, it made oh, it look it's like unsafe it was unsafe. It'll like, kill what? us, right? Well, what the fuck? Yeah. He's like, yeah, they're unsafe. <laughs> yeah, it's a fucking steel fucking thing. It was just death. I like the scene where Abe is, um, you know, they're trying to call him out during the trial. And then they're like, oh, who mm-hmm. would believe you in here? He's like, who cares? He's like, I only care if one person believes me and it's. He's, you know, talking about Preston because Preston has his back the whole time. I like that scene a lot. Yeah. Uh, I I really enjoyed um, when he says, all right, if, you know, if I'm going to turn myself in, you know, he's, you know, I'm going to I'm going to show him something, you know, I'll show him a headline. And he has the cops chase him in the fucking car. I highly doubt <laughs> that would like, happen, by the way. Right. That's probably the. Holiday right. Scene. Yeah. I was like, I'm okay. like that. Probably. All right. Happen. All right. <laughs> but. You sons of bitches. He was he was just burning him. He ran laps around them, and also like the uh, w- when they're trying to figure out like how to get through the roadblocks they're facing, um, how to like when he meets Howard Hughes and Hughes, uh, you know, tips him off that you know there's helicopter parts and helicopter engines that he can use for his car and stuff, and then things really start to get rolling. You start to see like them actually building the car, and I thought that was really fucking awesome. I think that was handled uh, pretty well. It's like the car becomes a character itself. So, uh, so we talked a little bit about Warth Wart here. Uh, what didn't work here, Nabil? Anything else you have to say about the end? Did you did you like how it ended? I liked I liked the ending at the courtroom and all that. That was fine. I do feel like the momentum 
stops and and it really mm-hmm. is because not, not a lot happens like he goes abroad for a little bit in real life like it was in brazil to try to work sourcing out some more materials to build a new car and all this stuff so like other things in his life happens not much after six years i don't think that but, was the focus um, though they wanted to show you like yeah. okay he was proven the, not guilty on his yeah. initial struggle yeah. exactly yeah which is fine but i don't i, I just feel like everything kind of just stopped and yeah. that was just a bit jarring for me. I, I I've maybe wanted a softer ending. <laughs> maybe that's yeah, what I was looking for because there's yeah. so much. Yeah, happens. just give me a couple. I, more. I, give me yeah. Couple. I, I think yeah, it, it works really yeah. for, for me personally. Yeah, but I, I could see your side. But I, I think it it was you know obviously we know how it, it ended in real life, and it's kind of bittersweet where you know they didn't get to continue building the car, but like he says at the end, the idea lives on, and it ended up it did yeah. live on. It's, so it's, it's kind of bittersweet. Yeah, but um, is is there anything you would have wanted to see more of or less of in the movie? Yeah, I mean, really, like to my point earlier, it's just I feel like there could have been a little bit more time spending with like building around the characters that were supporting him. You know, mm-hmm. his son he says he doesn't want to go to college and then is going to work with him. And that's kind of all the interaction you get with Christian Slater. Like he's there, but there's not much more going on there. His wife, too, who's obviously a, a very important part of his life. Um, she's just kind of the the back and saying, "Oh, Preston, oh, or you know, like she just kind of supporting him." Trial though, she has all the yeah. That's the one so thing she, yeah. she. Well, she, I think her biggest scene is when she's going into the boardroom and like going after the the CEO yeah. and like trying to school him. But you don't get a lot of like that depth from the characters around him. Just little bits here and there. And I would have liked just a little bit more time with yeah, them. Yeah, kind of got the abridged version. And I feel yeah. like you've, if you would have made this movie earlier. Um, then the, then 1988, cause it was in development for a long time. I think at one time he wanted Burt Reynolds to play yeah, the titular did, character. But he was Tucker. too old. By the time. Yeah. He was too old at the time when they finally developed it. Like, I, I feel like he probably, the movie would have been like maybe 20, 30 minutes longer and he would have probably expanded more on those characters. But because like <laughs> he was, uh, trying to make him profitable, he, you know, he's trying to make something probably, had to give. It seems like he was making it. Making it more kind of more like accessible, I think. You know, like okay, this is yeah, like super yeah. long. Like this is a normal film, right? This is no. Godfather and, uh, what about length, for you, you know? James? Any, anything you wanted to see more of or less of? Uh, I, I pretty much same thing as as Nabil. I would have liked to even see mm-hmm. a little bit more car stuff, to tell you the truth. But they do show quite a bit of the development of it and and such like that. So that that was cool. Um, yeah, it all worked. I, I thought for the hour fifty that it is, it 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 has really good pacing for me. So. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, no, absolutely. How does this compare to previous couple of films we've seen so far? I'll start with uh, Nabil on this one. To echo James's point before, I think it's this is pretty much like coming out of the dark ages and and seeing Coppola's Renaissance <laughs> films. Like this is this is what we're experiencing now. It is a it it's night it's i mean it's like 80s still 80s and 90s kind of style but it's much more akin to like a sense of him enjoying the filmmaking mm-hmm. a little bit maybe he was really enthralled in the, this this story um but it, it's i think it was it does more justice to what his films were in like the late 60s and 70s and kind of seeing Coppola as, as that director that key director versus him kind of like having box office and critical disappointment after disappointment through the mm-hmm. late seventies or early eighties, you know, like this, this makes me feel more like, um, he's back to form a bit more. All right. And what about you, James? Yes. Yeah, it's films. like coming out of the, the, the dark ages, I guess. 
it, even though it wasn't financially um it wasn't financially successful i think this is one of those movies that is still very much uh, not dated at all. Like it's a movie that watching now, I'm like, okay, I can watch this because a lot, a couple yeah, of the last films up. were pretty fucking dated. Like I'm like, okay, these are yeah. a little long in the tooth. Like, and especially, I mean, it probably helps that this one also did get a 4K remaster, so that is another mention for this film. So this one does look pretty clean. Um, I don't think it's right. the best 4K tr- transfer compared to the other ones that we've seen so far, but yeah, um, it was okay. But for the most part, I think. I would compare it. I like that there's really good performances. I liked the plot, and I did like the way it was shot too. I think that a lot of the scenes are are more reminiscent of previous couple of films that we've seen, which is a nice return to form. So, yeah, I I agree there, especially with the way it was filmed. He does ha- have a lot of modern shots that he used before. I like the split screen he uses when characters are talking on the phone. Like, yeah, I like it, that. A it lot. felt more. It's made in '88, but it feels like a mid 90s movie the way it was filmed i got uh way- this is not the same genre of film but like you you guys know uh like the rocketeer right i got like a lot of rocketeer yeah. vibes off this film agreed yeah, yeah it feels like that yeah the even the way the dialogue uh, felt more natural there's a there's a shot towards the beginning where he's uh showing off the the car and someone opens the the trunk because it's got a front trunk and it's it's from the point of view of the trunk, and I don't, I mean, I don't think I've seen any movie um, prior in, in this era that would do that type of shot. You know, like it, it just felt, you know, like a little modern twist to it. The way he would um, do his his scenes and and go from one room to another and and like go through the walls in order to get yeah. the the shot and move when he's moving from room to room, like. I, cool. I I felt like he incorporated again a lot of the stuff that he's used in other films, and be, because of that, because I'm familiar more with that, it did give that Coppola esque feeling to it. And of course, you know the group shots and the group conversations. It very much felt like his style. All right. So with that said, we have reached the part where we give this movie our star rating, one to five stars. With five being the best, let's start with our MC James or BDJ today. What do you rate this movie out of five stars? I would give this one a four out of five stars. I think this is a solid film. I'd recommend it for anybody that is a car enthusiast or any Coppola fans. Uh, overall, just a really solid film. So right on. Uh, I th- uh, let's go with uh, Bill. I was gonna go next, but you know what? I'll go last this time. The Bill, what what do you rate this movie out of five stars? I actually rated this film three and a half stars out of five, and that's mostly just though the film is a really strong a strong okay. film. There's just it's lacking a bit of depth in there for me. Put put the gun down, the Bill, please. You're scaring me. <laughs> Get off the roof. <laughs> you have people. Uh, I'm <laughs> I'm more with the four stars. I I really enjoyed it. I felt it was a, a well done film. It's it's bookended pretty well at the end. Uh, the performances again are great. Film uh, cinematography is great. Um, I I think it's entertaining, and all all the characters just feel believable. Even if some of them didn't get enough screen time, it just if it, it all feels very cohesive. So, uh, yeah. Four stars. And before we move on to our main review of Avatar The Way of Water, please stay tuned for a quick ad break. Let's stop here for a moment to let you all know about Newsly. Newsly is an all-in-one audio super app for iOS and Android. It picks up the most trending articles on the web on topics you choose at any given moment 
and reads them to you in a natural human voice. For the first time ever, the entire web becomes listenable all in one place. Browse articles from topics you choose and start playing. You can follow any topic as specific as you like, from sports, tech, business, science, Bitcoin, or heck, even the Kardashians. Newsly will find you the latest articles and read them to you aloud. They even have digital radio. Did we mention they also have podcasts from over 80 countries? Well, they do, and guess what? The Movie Pals podcast is there, too. I started using Newsly as my default podcast player, and I can't think of ever going back. Download and use Newsly for free now from www.newsly.me or from the link in our description. And make sure to use our promo code TMPALS, that's T-M-P-A-L-S, to receive a one-month free premium subscription. Newsly, stop scrolling and start listening. And without further ado, here is our review of Avatar The Way of Water. Why do you come to us? I just want to keep my family safe. Treat them as our brothers and sisters. Teach them our ways. Keep up, Forest Boy! If you want to live here, you have to ride. Let's do it. Just breathe. Breathe. Avatar, the way of water. It's currently sitting at a 78% Rotten Tomato score. Before we go into anything about this film, we're going to give an overall spoiler warning here. Um, I mean, there really isn't too much to spoil that the trailers don't really kind of show you. Everything you need to know is pretty much there. There's a couple of twists, though, at the end that, you know, though... You may, if it was a 13 year old film, you may or may not care about it and you just want to kind of go through it. I don't think it's going to ruin your experience, but just again, we're going to give you a spoiler warning so we can kind of talk about it in more depth throughout the review. So if you don't want to listen to it, go ahead and skip forward to the end of the outro and uh, we'll give you some information on what's going up next. All right, so the synopsis Jake Sully lives with his newfound family formed on the extrasolar moon of Pandora. Once a familiar threat returns to finish what was previously started, Jake must work with Neytiri and the army of the Na'vi race to protect their home. This is directed by James Cameron, who of course has also done Aliens, Terminator 2, and the Titanic. This is also written by James Cameron, as well as Rick Jaffa, who did Jurassic World and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and his partner and wife, I believe is Amanda Silver who did Rise of the Planet of the Apes with him and War for the Planet of the Apes, as well as Balan. This film was released on December 16th, currently in theaters. Um, it's starring returning Sam Worthington as Jake Sully and Zoe Saldana as Neytiri. Sigourney Weaver also returns as Kiri, that plays uh, Jake and Neytiri's adopted teenage daughter. Stephen Lang is back as Colonel Miles Kerich. I'm always going to butcher his name for some reason. Kate Winslet plays Ronal. Cliff Curtis plays Tonowari. Jamie Flatters plays Natiam. Britton Dalton plays Loak. Trinity J- uh, Jolie Bliss plays Took. Bailey Bass plays Rhea. Philip Gelko plays Onung. Jack Champion plays Miles, a.k.a. Spider, 
Socorro. Joel David Moore plays Dr. Norm Spellman again. Dilip Rao plays Dr. Max Patel. Edie Falco comes in as General Francis Ardmore. Brendan Cowell plays Captain Mike Scoresby. And Jermaine Clement is in the film as Dr. Ian Garvin. So we're going to start with you, James. What did you think about this film? I really like this movie quite a bit. This was a um, long time waiting. One of those long ones. So it was um, well worth the wait. It's one of those movies that I think leading into it, it took so long. I was unsure if this would still hit in all the right spots. And um, yeah, I liked it. I think it's, I actually think it's better than the first movie, in my opinion. With the story wise, I think it's stronger. The family ties and family bonds that are the mainstay of the movie. While it takes a little bit of time with its runtime, obviously it's quite a long movie. I think it's actually worth it. And it builds you up and um, fantastic to see in 3D as well. See it on the biggest screen you can see. And it's just one of those movies that uh, I actually want to go back and see it again already. So, And and he may just do that. No, probably, yeah. I saw the first one three or four times. A couple times, yeah. yeah. What about you, Marco? What were your thoughts on the movie? I love this movie, dude. I was, at first, like, after hearing the announcement of this movie and the other sequels, I was like, oh. Okay, we'll see. It's been 13 years, but upon like reading more about it leading up to it and everything, I started to get excited, then went to go see the first one in theaters and um you know to prepare and got me got me stoked. And I actually saw this one with uh our good friend James and a few other people. What? Yeah, a lot of we, we were all pretty deep for this one. Yeah. Yeah, we're all deep, man. And uh dude, man, this this movie um exceeded my expectations and was a really entertaining movie uh had a lot to say uh it, it definitely built upon the previous avatar movie the the characters are well fleshed out uh they're they're allowed breathing room and time to develop in this film the cinematography the man everything just looked fucking great dude and man uh, I'm definitely going to see this one again, too. Not going to lie. Yeah, it's three hours long. I'm a good fuck. But uh, yeah, it was <laughs> definitely a good one for me. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I also enjoyed the film. I was fortunate enough to uh, watch it with you guys, with James live streaming it on me. Don't tell Disney. He was just recording <laughs> it. So I, I had to go watch it again, though, because obviously the quality like, was a little good, blurry, bro. You're breathing you pretty heavy. Did you mind? <laughs> oh, shit. You can't hear me. <laughs> just live streaming it <laughs> uh, but I agree with you guys it was a great it was a uh, very enjoyable um, it gave me the kind of same experience that I had when I first saw the original Avatar in theaters in 3D so and gosh you didn't think that much had changed in 13 years but there's a very notable difference of how far technology has come like those uh, it looked real before but this like you could sometimes I'd even, be watching something and yeah. I just felt like it was real people. Like it was a real thing. Even, it's yeah, good to so, see good computer graphics. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we won't bring up anybody else that makes a ton of movies with 3d effects. that look like garbage. <laughs> but, um, look what time gets you right. And the, the underwater mm-hmm. scenes are just the underwater. Yeah. Insane. There was, there was a moment in the end where there was like rain and I was just, I, I've seen 3D like, movies with rain, right. but this felt like it's like, yeah, like I, I looked Dude, by the times, end, like, everything seems like here? it's just real. I'm like, okay, that's cool. And they did yeah. a whole fucking The Bill thought scene. it was raining in his theater. 
as yeah. did I. It, I got a little wet. I was like, what the hell? And no, then I thought it was just a so guy behind good, me like, spitting like, up, so it's fine. Yeah. I know what you mean, though, with the rain. It's just coming and it's dripping down their face, and I'm like, damn. Yeah. Is that real? It was. <laughs> I mean, it's it takes you aback. Like you don't you don't expect it because you've seen, you know, thirteen years. We've seen a few. We've seen our fair share of three D movies since then. You know, yeah, but there's only been like one good three D movie, and it's just that first movie now. This exactly. One. So it's like fucking yeah. Christ. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's I, I want to go to Pandora now. Yeah. Um. So just going back a little bit to the story itself. One of the twists, but again, they kind of showed in the trailer for some reason, which Did I didn't show catch. This in the trailer? But they do, yeah. They show they show Stephen Lang as um as his avatar in the I film, never, which I didn't know I didn't it was watch him. the last trailer, by the way, that came out that during yeah, one of the football he's games. In that one over I there. didn't I didn't watch that one, so I don't know if that was revealed then, but I don't recall seeing him. That's why. Yeah, which yeah, was kind I of annoying once I realized. It's like this looks like you know Stephen, you know. From the previous film, but I know like, it no, was announced that he's going to be. I mean, if you just look into movie news, like James Cameron announced back in like 2014 or some shit that Stephen Lang was going to be the villain for the next three movies. So, like, I was like, oh, yeah. Okay, and some of the press has kind of just revealed to that too. Or when some of the press they were doing it to kind of um, come back. Makes but, sense. But I didn't realize it was like this, though, just to let you know. Yeah. So, so. James, what did you think about him coming back as the the I mean the villain again? He's it, it works actually. I'm usually not a big fan of reusing villains. I like to get you know flesh it out a bit more with other people. But him coming back as a a, a recombinant right is like pretty interesting because he's like a clone technically of his old guy. But yeah. they had to put his body into there's memories and thoughts into you know an avatar body. So he's I don't know. I think it's interesting. I don't know if it's going to lead into something where is he going to like fall in love with Pandora eventually? I don't know. The guy's evil as fuck. So, uh, Stephen Lang's great. But it makes sense, one, though. So. I think it makes sense in this world because they invested millions, if not billions, of dollars in these people to come here. And his character, Colonel Courage, basically helped the first frontier of Pandora. Like, why wouldn't they want to bring him back? He's like, sure a, he's, I mean, like, don't get me wrong, too. He's, he's like a badass, too, in the first movie. So, yeah. And now he's back with like, the abilities of the Navi people. So it's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, like you got a crazy ass dude in the body of that now. So I liked it. It worked for me. And it was one of those things I didn't know how they were going to approach it. Cause I had heard he was back. I thought he was going to come back as a clone or some shit just of himself. Yeah. That would have been the easy way out. So now, you know, <laughs> he like, said, oh. taking one step further. Yeah. I was like, Oh, okay. I get it. Uh, and Marco, what about the uh, special effects? I know we were touching on that a bit and we talked a little bit about the 3d, but what did you think about the shots in this film? The the effects. I mean, Spider being brought, you know, a, an actual human being mixed in with all these three D visual effects like that wouldn't have been easy either. Like, do you think all this worked? Did you find any uh, glaring defects? You're like, why is this here? Like, and what's your opinion on what you've seen in this film? No, everything worked. It was unreal, dude. Dude, that's, and I oh my think. God, yeah. I'm just thinking about. Yeah, spiders. I think having a human interact with these uh, CGI characters worked let me and ask you guys I've seen pieces do they do of they the, have the any filming. human interactions really outside of like the avatar like the lab in the first one no or i guess no. Fighting, the battle, when they fought each other i guess what, but he was in their mech suits they were in their mech suits still when yeah they were and it around. wasn't like this though right if i'm correct no, no, no it wasn't you, yeah. right you watch rewatch it again right before it's so all i know it'd be fresh yeah. Yeah, it was not not as as much as not a it wasn't constant, and this was a constant because 
not only did he have interaction with the normal Navi, but also the the ones that are undercover, the the soldiers, the that that are oh, yeah, trying to infiltrate. Going to the villages. So he it was a yeah. constant interaction. As I've seen some pics and and some images and video of how they did this. I mean, the, the mocap that they used was just incredible, and it's a brand new technology that was created. Like and once again, just, you know, was James, he just like interacting with the mocap people, like acting with them? Yeah, yeah. I di- I haven't seen him specifically, but I've seen you know the CGI characters in their mocap gear, and it's uh, it's much more streamlined mocap gear than before. I can't wait to especially because like, it had to be for the underwater scenes. scenes. Yeah, especially for the, the underwater scenes is what took right. this movie so goddamn long, right? Because that was a technology. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. That's why he waited. He wanted, especially for the underwater scenes, and it shows. It pays dividends because the underwater scenes of the bill look fucking amazing. The three D yes, images underneath look amazing. Everything's crisp, clear. You can see it. You can practically feel it. Almost smell it. I liked the the animals looked. I mean, in, in the first movie, they already looked real, and the, the way that things like rain and water interact with these animals, you're like, is this fucking real? Can I see this thing for real? Like, Dude, this the, is fucking computer yeah. graphics. It shows what happens. The irony of the things is that 20th Century Fox got bought up by Disney, who pumps out CGI movies all the time. And it's like, you know, if you take your time with these, they look fucking great because we have the technology to do it. And it's, it could be like, actually hey, worth we it. We don't got to rush this, guys. We can wait a little bit exactly. longer for the movie. Trust me. And I, I liked, right? <laughs> you know, people will you know talk shit about James Cameron about pushing back and taking time. But it shows why, and it's fucking worth it. Um, real quick, going back on uh, bringing back the villain, in my opinion, I, I agree with James. I'm glad they did it. It doesn't always work, but it works for this movie. And him as a CGI character in this worked as well, too. You could still see the actor in his face, and even yeah. even like that was just his, his main goon guy that they bring back from the first movie. Like, you... You see, like the their faces on the CGI characters, and it just it all just looks real, man. It's it's yeah, it's quite the experience. I think that I will say has of, to see once. of like the characters, the only one that threw me off a little bit was Sigourney Weaver playing Curie and being like younger, and not that it was bad, poorly done or anything like that, but it's it's more just the she's got such a recognizable face and it was kind of like mm-hmm. that in the first avatar too when you see it because you, you just see her face and to see her like that as young it, it always threw me off a bit seeing her playing really? you know that works mm-hmm. for me yeah especially yeah. i feel like that's going to be a bigger plot in avatar 3 oh i mean yeah she's <laughs> yeah she reminded me the of my, immaculate she conception reminded, <laughs> yes she reminded me of my niece too a lot i was like man <clears throat> no stop being weird <laughs> and then the the yeah. underwater thing I think is like a big focus. Obviously it's in the title of the movie, but I think yeah. like just watching the effects of the, the naturalistic view with the viewing of just being underwater, the the ocean, the way the water ripples, the way hair is wet, like it's just so not not just from like a realistic standpoint from the effects, but just Visually, I don't think I've seen a movie that portrays like being in the ocean and going through underwater like that, like ever. I think it's just so not, well not done. Not that well and, done, if anything. I yeah. Mean, like I'm trying to think. I'm like, 
Every other movie's like dark as shit, you know? You never get a Because like, I thought it was going to be corny. I saw the trailers and I was like, he's going to show in the water. It's going to be like whatever, you know? And as, as the movie's going on and he's they're, they're really spending time in there, I'm just like, can I swim too? Like, is this how like, it is? Are those like it, dolphin know? creatures that I could ride yeah. to? Yeah. They they developed they built a special tank to help with underwater scenes and yeah. he yeah. developed James Cameron developed a way to for there to be enough light to or to where it's not overbearing and it's not dark and it's it looks like very simple but like the fact that he put in all the the research to do this and you know tried and tested ways to make sure that he got it right it you know yeah paid off because yeah the underwater scenes I'm like I I, I want to go underwater now. Yeah, I mean it's it's it is truly shot beautifully. Like, and every every pixel that's been portrayed on the screen has been meticulously accounted for. Like, there is no waste of space and imagery. Um, and a lot of the you're film not, in the you're middle, you're not going to find a, a Starbucks cup sitting in any scene in this. this <laughs> you're not. No. no. Like, no, they went. There's frame no whoopsies frame. here. Like, there's no mess ups yeah. in this film. Like, yeah, it's it's a. Uh, if 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 you haven't heard enough from us on it, like if you haven't seen the film, you need to see it in 3D and you need to see it in like the best quality picture. If if not in IMAX, the, the pre, most premium screen you yeah, have available screen to you. you can go, I would say, but definitely yeah. go 3D because this movie is made for 3D, just like the first one. It is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, kind of moving on a little bit from the visuals, we'll talk a little bit more about the characters. Jake Sully's got kids. He's got three. Plus an adopted two-ish, like one and a half adopted. Four. I mean, what do you think about the family unit? I don't know if like spiders really adopted or not, but uh, think, <laughs> what do you guys Andy think is. about the family unit? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mark Marco, um, did, did did that work for you? Did you kind of just wanted to focus on uh, Nitiri and Jake, or were you did you know did the family unit kind of pay off? Well, the movie kind of give way that it's gonna probably focus on like their family their extended family the kids and stuff i didn't know to what extent but at first i was like how's this gonna work how many kids you having i was like bro kind of slow down bro slow down a little bit but you know it's it's been i think it's also been like 13 years in, in the movie also so it mainly focuses on four main kids which is his older kid uh natayam loak his second son um, Kiri, their adopted daughter, and Spider, really. Uh, like those seem to be more like the centralized characters, with Took kind of like in the background, which is okay because she's the youngest. But yeah. with the three hour runtime, he gives enough for each character. Maybe not so the older brother so much. Like maybe at the beginning, and though it does have a payoff though to it. Um more Loak and Kiri and Spider, I I felt they're the ones that that shined the most because they, they had more of the conflict with Kiri, you know, not knowing, you know, how she came to be Loak struggling because he wants his father's acceptance and spider having to deal with two worlds, you know, like, uh, you know, being, you know, loyal to, to uh, the Navi and also, you know, helping out the, the humans, you know, figure out where the, where the Navi are now or where specifically where Jake is. But I felt like their their conflicts and their struggles and everything gave them depth and, and enough for us to care about them. And even though the older brother and Atam didn't get as much screen time as Loak or Spider or Kiri, it his his arc, his full arc, I felt like had the the payoff, the emotional payoff. 
And um, even just thinking about it, it makes me emotional because I did get emotional. On James, and I, you'll be, and it uh, worked, and it it shows the 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 evolution of these characters that if, it, quite possibly, I'm just you know guessing here, the, the torch is going to get handed off to the new generation to yeah. to the kids and focus more uh, on them. And James, uh, you'll be proud of me because um, I definitely saw Natayam's uh, death foreshadow the beginning being the perfect sound i was like he's gonna die <laughs> i actually like, didn't by the way i didn't think oh, i really? thought um i didn't know if any of the kids would die i thought spider would die maybe i was like one of these characters s- gotta die and about like yeah an hour in, i was like the time's gonna die like that's see i thought it was gonna be loak and that was gonna be like when they realized what they had lost i thought it was gonna be the second son because of his outcastness and he was gonna end up doing something heroic and the, then they were going to finally see him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, see. I, thought, I thought it was the death scene is pretty, 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 uh, pretty sad. It is. Yeah. But I think they give it enough time because, because as soon as like they realize that their daughters are still trapped and there's needs to be, you know, they need to kind of compose themselves. They kind of, I was telling somebody about like the reaction of Neytiri specifically on how she just kind of be set out on everybody. Cause like, mm. Almost That's how you should feel. Or did she? I mean, or, or was it a false thing? Would she never have really killed? Spider? No, I feel like she might have. You know, because she, she She's at like the beginning of the film, she even says she doesn't like, really she accept could it. Do this? Yeah. I was like, Jake. She was really she doesn't accept him. Jake probably wouldn't have. But and then Spider kind of just no. rolls with it afterwards. I'm like, hmm, that, he's, that, that he's is one like, that I, I get had, it. Had a few things about Spider, but yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's talk. I mean, he's part of the family there too. What did you think about? Uh, what are your thoughts on Spider and his whole character? I like that they mixed in a, a human with it too, and then you know you you find out that it's Quartz's son, which is never really explained. I was like, what, what in the fuck did he have a kid? He just had yeah, a kid on board. Just baby never talked behind. About yeah, they're like, oh, yeah. he couldn't go into cryo, and he's growing up around the Navi, so he kind of he kind of sees himself as that. And he's um, my only issue with Spider as a character is like I didn't really know why the fuck he was still even remotely helping the other people. Talk to the well, I don't think he really was, though. Like, I think he did it. Uh, to me, it felt like he didn't have much choice anyways, but he wasn't really, like, outing Jake. Like, he never really gave up kind the location. Of, yeah, I guess, but I think that was probably the weaker one for me. Because yeah. he's kind of still joining in and little like, bit. learning more, and I had a lot of questions, and then, I, especially at the end, I don't understand why... Maybe they're maybe they'll explain it more in this next movie. Like, does he have like some? Does he understand why Natiri did that, or is he gonna feel like betrayed? I almost thought he was gonna go with Korich at the end because he's gonna be like, I have nothing left here. They they turn their back on me too, you know, like an Anakin Skywalker thing. Like, don't you turn your back yeah. on me? And that, then, yeah, that is one thing they kind of left um, sort of unexplained because she did look like she was gonna go all the way and kill him and. Yeah, you're right. He he didn't even flinch. He was like, "Oh, okay. You know, I don't think she's well, gonna do gonna it." Go back. Like, then he just hisses at him like a cat, and then leaves again. I'm like, "Dude, you're weird." Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, "All right, kid. He's, I don't know. Fuck that." He's man. a savage now. <laughs> yeah. No, but it was like, and then my even thing about that is like, is the colonel like somewhat have some feeling for him because he actually was like, "All right, well, fuck he it, knew I him. This girl. He knew him as a kid, though, right? Be- because he had he had him his memory." Of his son yeah. before he died, so he obviously, even though it's not like really his son, he still has feelings because of those memories with him. Yeah, so that's what it, so, is really... there enough of an emotional connection that at the end he does call him son, like come with me, son, and then he he leaves. Yeah. And it's just like I guess I'll explore that more 
in a sequel. Yeah, because oh, it's still technically his his son, and I think that that made the the colonel a little bit more interesting. Is he a little softer uh, of a character oh in this one? Is it love that like dominated? I feel Spider is going to be the bridge between the two worlds as a move as a if they make more of these like make a green light like he'll be the bridge between the two sides to find a way to I mean they're definitely know. hinting that him and Kiri have a little bit of a romance right oh yeah yeah oh yeah definitely you like Kiri's what did you like, guys think um, of um uh-huh. powers sorry <laughs> I mean her <laughs> one with anyone well and let's talk a little bit about uh Kiri Sigourney Weaver's character um I mean, the whole thing is that we don't know where her, uh, who her father is. We don't even really know how uh, Sigourney Weaver's, uh, I can't remember her character's uh, original name, how her avatar ended up getting pregnant to begin with. Um, But it was a miracle. They're like, is it Spellman? Because he's around her all the time. (laughs) They're the the other doctor there. I have a wild theory on it. Sometimes you just go into the course and it just happens. I th- it has to do with A1 and the planet of Pandora. I think I think the planet they're going to cuz James Cameron said that things get wild in the later movies. Um fucking wild I think was his exact quote, but I may be paraphrasing. I think the entire planet is sentient. Like I think the planet is actually like alive to a point. Yeah. And because it breeds life like the animals and stuff like that, it can also create life. And I think because it had that connection with Sigourney Weaver's character in the first movie and it, it didn't work, it it in a way translated it to instead of bringing her life, her back to life, it created a new life. Yeah, that's what I was so, talking about. I don't think that's crazy, by the way, Marco. I think most people think yeah. that. Yeah, I yeah. feel the same. Yeah, I thought I was talking to people on the way at, after the movie, and I was like, "That's got to be why, because her thing didn't work." Oh, so okay, was I was like, doing blow at two in the morning, thinking about this. So <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, impression Tucker up. <laughs> I've got an idea for a car. He's like, they're like, he's been dead for sixty years. Shit, shrooms hit hard. <laughs> Fuck. Um, so like, I guess it's just like you know, it's just like Shmi told Quagon, there was no father. Oh, <laughs> that's it. You just move on from that. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. okay, cool with us. I guess we'll never <laughs> look into that shit. Yeah, we're just gonna leave it at that. Or maybe, hey, maybe there is somebody. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean it's James Cameron. He's got another. He's got another three films that he's planning to do with this. Well, so. Maybe she had already... a secret affair with one of the Navi and yeah. didn't tell anybody. The third one's already pretty much filmed, from what I've heard. So has it been filmed? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's why it's coming out in 2024. Mm-hmm. They did all the main. Things they're just got to film a few other things, but all the main mm-hmm. action pieces have already been filmed. We film yeah. them back to back, simultaneously. Yeah, a little Lord of the Rings. Well, what about the action in this film? Like there was, there was definitely a, a few good set pieces of action from the beginning of the film up to the end. Um, there was a bit of a lull in the middle, but I think that there's quite a bit to keep you entertained. James, what was your thought in the sequences here? Did you did you feel like it really amped things up or were they like I think eh. the last hour is like some of the best cinema I've ever oh. seen. Actually. Yeah. Uh we get, you know, they we get the poachers coming out, but then they the fucking whale thing that bonded with um Loak is just like fuck these guys and he just jumps out of the water. <laughs> and from that point going forward it's just nonstop for the next like 45 minutes. I was like Jesus Christ. It's just intense, man. It's really well done. The th- I think the 3D helps there. It's very um it's kind of cool how they have stuff too. Like the humans have like these crab fucking mechs that don't really make a lot of sense. That's pretty why interesting. Why they would ever be designed yeah. this way, but I mean fuck it. I liked it. And they were walking sideways like crabs. 
I was like, oh my so god, so they can creates. better walk on the surface of the of the ocean. I think, or yeah. the whale, maybe, or the ocean, yeah, something like that. But it's kind of cool that they just straight up look like crabs too, right? Like, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. just straight up crab walkers. And then, um, the when the when uh, the the death scene of Mick, the poacher guy, gets killed and his arm just blows off. That was fucking awesome. <laughs> I fucking love that scene. But we don't know if they're really dead though. I'm pretty we're sure fully he's dead. That, that guy's dead. <laughs> or maybe he'll come back as a fucking recombinant too, right? But, you know, we'd have be, to have planned yeah. that fucking 13 years in advance. And I think yeah. this guy... 80 million dollars like for Dr. some Dr. Ian Garvin are like just uh, civilians from one of, you know... Yeah. Just fucking but they were, that's a civilian too. ship, though. They weren't, they weren't they there to... Yeah. Yeah, they got commandeered. They're there for specifically to get the... Shit. Poaching, the, yeah. The stuff that doesn't make you age. I, I have a feeling maybe that comes in... Oh, definitely. Maybe in a future thing too, because they, they well, and, made a big deal. And you know, um, Colonel Korich, even if like he didn't die, and he, uh, or if he did die, I mean, he um, would just be able to come back because they have his memories to to bring back an average. So obviously, that, one of the films are going to be where like they have to go to the source. Though? And it takes, yeah, a, it, takes but, I mean, it takes like a it takes hell of years to go from Earth and back, right? No, but it's I mean, like obviously he's got to go to the source if they're going to really stop him from coming, right? Yeah, so by that time, fucking Jake's would be like a grandfather. He'd be like, man, I don't even. He's remember he's that. worth an investment because of his knowledge, though. I would assume. Yeah. The action worked for me too, sequels, man. Yeah. The action, yeah. quote unquote, fucks, man. Like, <laughs> tell me uh, more, yeah. Marco. Just what dude, does it? Fuck? Everything. Uh, man, a- action set pieces were wild and. I, I love the fact that it all took place on the water. I can't imagine how. Fucking I can't imagine that any that other was, movie that came out recently that took place on the water that wasn't well done. Yeah, giant <laughs> dude. But I, by I know what he's talking about. And by comparison, there is no comparison. It dwarfs the shit out of it. That it's makes like it look so stupid if you think about. It does. Well, I'm not gonna bring it yeah. up. What, what it a is, flex! And the fact that everything made sense and there was nothing like why? Oh, yeah. Wait, why hey, are you we doing this? We have a random this? boat, was, by the way. It's just gonna go fight the people in the middle of the ocean. Wait, what? Yeah. No, it's, Under it's turf, you, right? you. You have yeah. space whales. You have like crab machines. You have a giant freaking hovercraft. You have like people f- coming in from the air. Like it's you have. People diving underwater, and it, it it was just epic, man. There were stakes there too, like you know, uh, like you know, people in danger. The the uh, man, the uh, I guess the how many the times trueness did of everything. Kills, like it made, uh, it made, did those kids get tied up seven, eight times? Yeah. Like, well, yeah. it was funny because took <laughs> called that out and said. Not again. Yeah, she's like, I can't believe I, think, I got caught or tied up again. Get, I was like, yeah. shit, me yeah. either, kid. Fuck. Hilarious. I yeah. That's funny. Man, but the action was awesome. Yeah. Well, what else worked here for you guys? Like there's obviously it's a three hour, ten minute film. Like there's a lot going on here. What about the uh the reef people? Did what did we think anything about Ronald, you know, Kate Winslet's character or just the the kids bonding and trying to learn the way of the water? Um you, like was the there anything speech. from a plot standpoint that stood out? That speech is nice oh, about what the water represents and how it's like in and out and it's around you at all times. You're born in the water, and I thought that was good. I like the overall. I I like their people. I like that there's different avatars. I can only imagine there's probably more. Are there volcano ones? I'm just kidding. Um, that's what I was thinking too. It's gonna one? be like fucking like Avatar, the last Airbender. Some shit. Um, I like that. Um, you know, Tonawari is more. 
accepting of them. Like, hey, I understand. Like, you guys helped fight them off the planet, but Kate Winslet's character, Ronaldo, is very like, man, get these people out of here. They're going to be danger. And she's, you know, it's crazy. She's like six months pregnant or something like that. That's what James Cameron said. Going into battle. Yeah. And stuff goes, you know, pretty south with that tribe. But they, I, I like that, uh, especially after the death of Nedeom, is um, they, they're like, hey, your, your son is with our ancestors. Like, you're part of us at the end. I really like the whole, like, sense of belonging in this film is, is super well done. And I really liked those scenes with the family, which is obviously the slower scenes, but I think this does a really good job of building up uh, the characters. And um, the only one thing that I will say that didn't really work is that I do think Natiri takes a bit of a step back from everything in this movie. She's not as she focused does. on in this film as she was in the first movie, which makes sense because the kids are, you know, the kind of main focus. And it's hopefully we see a little bit more of her in the next movie. She was a badass in the action scenes, though. Yeah, when she I mean, was she, up, when she, she was, was up there fighting, it I was sucks like, that she broke her bow though. Yeah, yeah, because of anger. Man, there's a, there's a lot to say about this movie. There's just a lot, man. Uh, the things that James were saying, yeah, I I, I enjoyed. I like the, uh, I mean, the commentary that uh, Cameron put in this, like the the different ways to assimilate. Like in the first movie, like the Earth Earthlings wanted the Navi to assimilate to them, but in this. Jake Sully goes to like the water people and says, no, we'll assimilate into your ways. We'll learn your ways, you know, because we're being respectful. We know we're coming into your land and everything. We'll learn the ways of the water and everything. And I, I like that just that juxtaposition of things, you know, and like the way it, it was, you know, more, you know, peaceful that way. It was like James said, since shows more of a sense of belonging and showing, no, Hey, we can all like coexist and stuff. Um, and showed hope, and I like that. Quartich, uh, he's a very complicated character, and I like it. He he, like he goes from being an extreme fucking piece of shit asshole, badass, mind you, but still a piece of shit, to starting to kind of see things from a different point of view. Him being like literally out of his body and stuff, and having a son that associates with the Navi, and like it shows in his actions. I think Quartich in the first movie wouldn't have hesitated to kill jake sully's kids but he hesitates a lot in this movie like he had the opportunity to kill the daughter so many times and he doesn't and it's starting to kind of like show like he's more of a like less one-dimensional character and he's it we're showing complications and what he's going through and stuff that i hope they explore that more in the other movies and you like you start to see more of his you know development and i, I it makes him that much more of a better villain like one of the better villains I've seen in a in a movie franchise in in a while, so I you know I fucking like that. Yeah, I mean you know we've talked a lot about what's really worked here and what we've enjoyed. There's a lot to enjoy about this movie. I will say the one thing that that didn't vibe too much for me was that the, though the script was tighter and better, way better than the first film, the plot kind of was the same as far as the overarching plot like the idea of them going to a new place to learn the ways of the water is the same thing that jake did when he went to go be a part of the forest people in the navi like mm. then you have like a whole 30 to well, in this case almost an hour worth of just him figuring things out in this new way but just with more people instead of it just being jake um and then the conflict with fighting the bad guys which are the people still and like the the headlining plot is about the same but like I said, the script is tighter. The visuals are, are better. Um, you know, definitely 
an advancement there. And um, you do find a lot of interest in the characters, though you don't get to spend a lot of time with everybody as you'd like. I think it's works with the time that you do get with the characters that you you're allowed to spend time with. So so there is a lot of positive. I just have that. That's really my only critique of of the film in itself. Um, anybody have any any inner thoughts just on a negative standpoint? Did, did, was there anything that didn't work for you at all, James? In uh, a sense, or it Marco? Just, it was Nick Terry not showing up as much because I like that yeah. character a lot. So it's, I, I agree. I, so mm-hmm. I agree with James on the Nateri aspect, um, especially because the scenes we do get with her, um, she's a badass and she's like a very good character. Especially you know coming from watching the first one most recently. Uh, I think the um, now that we've established the children a little bit more, hopefully, like we we get more of their development as well too. Because, like I said, there was like a lot of them. Um, hopefully, we'll get more of the of Tonawari's children too. Because I mean, we only got very bits and pieces of them, and I know the focus is not on them, but still, they're a character in the movie, and they didn't get much, you know, development themselves either. I, th- I think we see um, a, a bit more of Rhea. She's got, I think, her and obviously, um, we'll yeah, her relationship building there. Oh yeah. Building, yeah, yeah. Which uh, kudos to letting that breathe and not making them like a love forcing item in through. this movie, not forcing yeah. it. And I like that. Like, let it, you know, develop. Especially if this is going to be like a, you know, the five movie series, uh, then yeah, by by all means, let it kind of develop a little bit more, you know, naturally. And uh, Nabil, like I, I get it. Yeah, the the kind of similarities between the first one and the second one, as far as like going to a new place, learning new skills, kind of repetitive, true. But I, th- I think like it was necessary for uh, Jake Sully to see that no matter where he goes, like he's gonna be hunted. Like he's yeah. got to make a stand no matter what. Like yeah. he tried to be, you know, pacifist and tried to be, you know, peaceful and say, I take myself out of the equation and just go somewhere else, you know, and and leave all this behind me start a new life and that didn't work so now he knows and going forward hopefully we just you know we don't get any of that repetitiveness we just get you know gonna stay on my ground no matter what because you know these motherfuckers are gonna leave me alone so yeah yeah well it sounds like everybody's kind of looking forward to seeing what comes up next in avatar 3 next year um and we've talked a little bit about just not next from year. a character perspective I'm sorry, 2024. Uh, it's not quite 2023. Yeah, you didn't want to get anyone's hopes up. Like, Where the fuck is it? And like, sorry. But uh, James, was there anything else that you'd like to see in Avatar three that maybe you're you're hoping that they're hinting at in this film? Yeah, a little bit more about. Um, you know, we can learn a bit more about Kiri. See what she, why she's so in tune with nature and the planet. I think that's a really good plot point. Spider's character as well, and. Um, Loak now too. He's the oldest son now, and he's got to kind of step into that role. And the family dynamic is going to continue from the sound of it. And I think it's one of those things where you know they're hinting that you know they're going to take their stand or take the fight back to them now. It's um as Jake, as Marco said, Jake Sully knows now that he can't run. He's got to take this thing head on, and it'll be interesting because I'm assuming there'll be more characters too. Because goddamn, this is like a big, it's a big thing. Going it's a on, big so. world. Yeah. So, yeah. um, looking forward to it. And the first one I thought had a good message about, you know, saving the forest. This is saving the oceans. And I guess the next one will be saving the sky. I don't know. We'll find out. So. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, and Marco, any anything else on your mind in regards to um, the upcoming sweet sequel, hopefully in 2024? I know kind of the same. Uh, expand more on Kiri and her strong connection to Awa and, and the planet and ex- explain more about Pandora. I mean, really open up 
Pandora's box. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, shitty. Uh, but yeah, ex- explain more. I mean, there's there's a lot more we don't know, you know, about this planet. We just know like very little of it. So ex- exploring that a little bit more, um, exploring like these, expanding more on these characters and and um, getting to know them a little bit better. Uh, obviously, we mentioned already seeing more of Neytiri. Uh, Kate Winslet coming back as Ronell, um, coming back to a James Cameron movie. I thought that was awesome. Uh, maybe showing her yeah. a little bit more. She broke a record for this fucking movie, holding her breath for seven minutes. So yeah. that was pretty awesome. It took her a long time yeah. to uh, do another movie with him. She did not have a good time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She I think like, she had said like, she would never work with him again, I think. So. She did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's, she he's a perfectionist. So he's very... <laughs> Very much about doing shit, you know. James Cameron's right. not just a perfectionist. From what I've heard, too, he's kind of an asshole. So, yeah, yeah. Well, when it, it comes to his, certain his people movie. to work with him, so that's why a lot, a lot of, of directors are. Uses, yeah, yeah, he uses a lot of the same people that can kind of, mm-hmm. you know, like looking into the abyss. Yeah, that, that was one of his other, you know, water movies. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, he loves. The yeah, action. I. I I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying in regards to the next film. Um, I hope there's also a significant time jump again. I think that 10-year jump that they gave for this film was actually really good. It gave a lot of time to just see that the characters have like... I don't think there's going to be a time like, jump from what I'm... I don't... I'm, yeah, I'm hoping there's something... I'm not thinking it's going to be 10 years, but I hope it's going to be... I'm hoping five years, but I assume they probably will be pretty short in between. I think it might But be, I think that, that helped a lot of breathe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think this might be immediate or maybe a few months later. Yeah, because especially because yeah. it looked like the uh, the humans they I mean they already built a fucking city and the stuff. They city, came, yeah. they came quote unquote more prepared yeah. this time. It was like a ton of shit. So it only takes Man, them six months to build a building. So it's like Jesus. Yeah, that seems fucking epic. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, so let's go into the rating of the film. Um, see what we we gave this out of five stars. I'll start with you, Marco. How many stars did you give this? I give this one five stars. Five stars. Yeah, it was, and it James, fucking epic. Yeah, James. What about you? I give this one four and a half stars out of five. And I too gave it four and a half stars out of five. So very strong reviews. Obviously, we all recommend it. I suggest while it's in theaters, I'm sure it'll say it a little bit. I don't think it's hit its mark for opening weekend. I think it was like at one thirty something. For 130 million at the box office domestically, and it, they wanted it to be around 175, 200. But James Cameron films are notoriously slow starters, so I'm sure he'll be making some more money soon because I know he needs to make a crap ton of money domestically and foreign. So I think this is the most expensive movie ever made, right? 450 yeah. million. Yeah, yeah, which is what they're at right now globally. I think it's like 434 million or something. So he's gonna definitely make his budget back, but you know he needs to make a lot more, as what I understand. But that means you need to go out, you need to see it in a premium format because that's the way the film needs to be seen in 3D. You know, it's a it's a very long film. As James Cameron said, if you got to use the restroom, go ahead, use the restroom. You can always watch it again later. And uh, if you can catch watch up a three and a half hour ticket. Marvel film, you can watch this. Okay. <laughs> exactly. If you can binge an entire fucking season on Netflix, you can watch this. That's true. Yep. Thanks, Bill, And thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, as this is our actual last episode for the year... Not the not our last episode. I'm sorry if I panic anyone with the stop scaring people. My wording. They're like, wait, what? But what, what about all the other Avatar movies? Uh, we just want to thank everybody for a great 2022. We saw growth in listens, watches, comments, everything like that. So 
once again uh thank you so much we can't we you know we we do this just as a hobby pretty much and it's one of those things that it's nice to have some interaction sometimes so thank you continue though for anything feedback response reviews you know we appreciate all that stuff if you can do it um we are gonna continue on to strong 2023 so let them know how they can reach out to us if they would like to leave out some feedback responsive reviews marco check us out on facebook instagram or twitter at movie pals pod as james was saying thank you everyone for sticking with us in the long run thank you to all those who've listened to us from the very beginning <clears throat> all our new listeners also if you use apple podcasts spotify soundcloud google podcasts iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Amazon Music, or Newsly, smash that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome. Thank you for giving us a chance. We're going to be doing a lot of these double headers for a while as we continue our Francis Ford Coppola corner, but we appreciate you taking the time out of your life to listen to us for this hour and change. Please spread the word. Uh, let your friends and family know to check us out subscribe to us rate us review us let us know what you like what you don't like we do listen to you we do listen to recommendations we have done some movies on here or some tv shows that have been recommended to us we can't promise we're gonna like it but at least we'll give it a shot definitely so next year uh it will be our next episode actually it's gonna be in the beginning of the year it'll be episode 141 we'll do our annual top 10 films of this previous year so of 2022 so two honorable mentions too so that would be kind of a best of list. Give us a little break from uh, doing these double headers, at least for one more episode. So until then, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. Have a great one.